better than the peak heat of summer i mean scorching hot mega rays of vhs summer coming down on our taut toned crispy bodies lathered in baby oil and fried by the perfection of the sun it's vhs nights man it's hot days cool nights vhs summer i am here on a cool night under the stars of heaven with the crickets cricketing away around a nice little campfire with one of my good buddies from Real Spoilers, contributing host of Binge Movies, Kevin R. Brackett. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great and better now that I'm talking to you. it's I feel like I just talked to you and at the same time, it's been far too long. Far too long. And every once in a while, you got to get out of the city, whatever that city is, and you got to get yourself into the woods Got to get around a little campfire and tell camp campfire stories. That's what I want to do here today, but I don't want to tell any any old story. I certainly don't want to tell no spooky story. I want to tell the story of Camp Cucamonga. <laughs> the story. Or how I spent my summer yeah. or lights out. Yeah, lights out or how I spent my summer. Most famous to know is Camp Cucamonga that aired in the summer of 1990. That was starred most of the ABC lineup, but aired only on NBC, which is very strange. I don't know how contractually that was all worked out. Um, this this will tank internationally because I, I'm sure there is absolutely no legacy in the global village that is our planet. I don't know that there is a legacy in North America. I don't know that there's a legacy in St. Louis, Missouri, or Akron, Ohio. I have never, ever heard of this movie in my entire <laughs> life before. And it has every single person in it. I don't know who paid to bury it. I don't know what happened here. I think I, I think current, that maybe Jennifer Aniston bought the rights and buried it. I don't know. The current head of Paramount Pictures is one of the principal stars of this film. Did you oh, know that? Oh, my goodness. The, the, no, I didn't. This current head of Paramount Pictures is Brian Robbins, who's the male counselor that Jennifer Aniston loved wow. interest in this movie. I did not know that. When they just dropped the uh, like top 10 CEO salaries mm-hmm. for the movie studios. Oh, whatever, no. Whatever. He's he in the them? top 10. He makes $280 million a year. And in 1990, um, he was in head of the class in Camp Cucamonga. Let me, wait, wait, wait. 280 million over five years. Yeah, let me correct that though. It should be he was in head of the class and Cucamonga. <laughs> Cucamonga. Yeah, yeah. Cucamonga. Can we talk about how this movie just starts? Like, Camp Cucamonga. I, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Jason, when you sent yeah. me this movie, yeah. I thought you were sending me some old obscure movie trailer to watch. And then it just kept going and yeah. going yeah. and going. It, it starts out like a movie trailer because the thing just goes. And it also and just stops. Bizarre. There is no ending. Yeah. <laughs> they just loop back to the music video. We'll get there, though. We're going to do this old school style feature presentation review style under the stars of the North Coast. It's a beautiful night out tonight. The breeze is breezing. It's it's not chilly. You don't need a jacket. If there is a chill in the air, the fire is cutting that chill off just a little bit. We've roasted our marshmallows. We've told our stories. Uh, uh, Kevin did forget the ukulele and the guitar. So... We don't have any campfire songs. It's all right. But instead of telling a campfire story that's scary, and instead of singing campfire songs, the campfire song in our heart is going to be Cucamonga. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Cucamonga. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the words, so we're just going to sing that over and over again. But before we do that, earlier this year at the start of VHS Summer, a phrase you coined, hot, wet, wild, VHS Summer. We visited some camp movies, and you said these aren't even the top five <laughs> camp movies. <laughs> In that episode, it was five camp movies, and you were like, "Why are we doing camp movies? And and why are we doing these? These aren't even the top five camp movies." <laughs> Is I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but does this remedy that a little bit now that we've, we're about to do Camp Cucamonga? Does that then? <laughs> make that experience worth it for you or like are we getting more into the territory of good camp movies you think well i have to say that you sent me some options for camp movies before we talked about camp movies Uh and i had i course corrected us i gave you some of the best camp movies so your list was paltry no 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 on the episode you swapped one title and on the episode, you yourself said, go back and listen to the tape. These aren't even the top five camp movies. So you can't claim credit for them now when you dodged it on the episode. So here we are <laughs> with Camp Cucamonga, the greatest camp movie ever made. We're going to talk about it. We have to revisit <laughs> the things that we set up on that camp oh, episode, geez. which we got some tropes. You have to have a bus pickup. You have to have kids on a bus. Check. Check. <laughs> You have to have outcast campers, campers that just don't fit in no matter what. Of course. Yeah. You know, there you go. You have to have pranks and bets. And boy, is there a prank in this movie made for TV. Don't spoil it. We'll get to it. You have to have a parent. You have to have a parent's day. We kind of get that. It's an unofficial parent's day. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) You have to have a rival camp. I can't remember if there's a rival campus. I don't think so. I think it's rival bunk. I think they're just playing. Yeah, yeah, I think they're just playing themselves in the end. There is a big race, though. You have to have a big race, and there is like a big event. It's the Battle That's of the right. Bunks. And you have to have insensitive depictions of First Nations people. And there are quite <laughs> a few of those in this film. <laughs> they all come from Pixar's own star of cheers, John Ratzenberg. And you also have to have a summer I love, was thinking, summer romance. And in this case, we have. Well, Ma- speaking of. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, just speaking of John Ratzenberger, we kind of came full circle because was my first appearance on Binge Movies not talking about Toy Story? I felt like you were on before that. Was I on before that? 
one of either my first or second appearance it was, was early. talking it about was Toy early. Story. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we've kind of. I feel like we've we've. So this is your last appearance. Is that what you're saying? Your beer. This is the bookend. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you brought me back. This is my specialty. Yeah. John Ratzenberger movies and yeah. uh, I, I, and well. The cast of this thing. Oh, hang on. I mean, we have a segment just, for that. We have oh, a segment for that. Don't oh, jump ahead, Kevin. Okay. This okay. isn't real spoilers. We have segments. We've got structure here. Okay. This isn't okay. you trying to apply structure to Joe as he just runs around like a cat <laughs> with his tail on fire. Summer Love. You get the head of Paramount Pictures with megastar Jennifer Aniston <laughs> trying to fall in love with each other, as well as Stefan Urkel. This isn't Steve Urkel. This is early proto Stefan Urkel <laughs> trying to schmooze and get laid in the woods down in a, with some steaks, and it gets real weird. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, and we can get into that, kind of. Yeah. So you already went there. We like to play a little game on these feature presentation reviews called Pass or Recast. We go through the rolls in rapid fire, and you try to tell me whether or not the person passes the test for you, that you think they were a good person in the film. Or you would recast it. Now, if you say it needs to be a recast, you got to give me another option. So, starting with Marvin Schechter, the brand new head of the camp. Of course, it is the star of Cheers, the star of Toy Story, the star of our hearts, John Ratzenberger. Pass or recast? Are you talking about the accountant? Yes, right. Accountant turned camp president. The accountant? President. The accountant turned, I, which I totally missed until I read the synopsis of this movie. I'm like, oh, he's an accountant? I, I don't know. I think he that calls was, himself the Colonel. Is that what he calls himself? Colonel? Yeah, there's Colonel Schechter, I think. Yeah, there's an implication that all of the camp directors have been faking the stolen valor. They've all been lying about military yeah. credentials. So, Colonel Marv. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did you think of his performance in this film? Colonel Marv. Pass or recast? Uh, pass. Okay, recast, George Went Next. Uh, Chad Allen, <laughs> who you would have recognized at the time from NBC's My Two Dads. Remember My Two Dads? I do. Okay, all right. You're old too then. Um, uh, pass or recast? He's the, the other Urkel. Pass. Okay, I'll give you a pass there too. Uh, <laughs> what about <laughs> in one of her earliest roles... Jennifer Aniston as Ava Schechter, the stuck-up, snobby, sort of prude, wants to follow the rules, but falls in love with the bad boy. Uh, what do you make of her? Pass the recast. Is she good in this? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't think she's given much to do is the problem. I think that they somehow got a name of she was on some list and said we need someone to be in this role but I don't know I was surprised when she just basically comes and goes and hardly is any of the story but I mean for what she's given I give her a pass every single one of these child actors these true children that are in this movie made more money and was more well known at this time than Jennifer Aniston and within wow, a few, was she just fresh off Leprechaun? I, uh, I don't even know if she's done Leprechaun at this point. I think she's fresh off of the Ferris Bueller TV show Flop. This is like the third, oh, no thing, kidding. third thing she'd ever done. And Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, Urkel, Jaleel White was making Urkel money at this point. I mean, right, you know, right. he was telling her to, you know, where to get off. And, you know, within a few short years, she, <laughs> she would eclipse in a single episode everything Urkel ever made in his entire career. Right. Yeah, <laughs> insane. All right, speaking of insane... 
What about Cameron's Cameron Bure as the stuck-up sort of the Miss Piggy of the Camp Cucamonga uh, ensemble? She's sort of uh, into makeup and chasing the boy. In this case, I think it is Chet Allen who has become, he's sort of our Kermit, for lack of a better term. Uh, she's dumping affection on him while he's nagging her, and she seems totally oblivious to the fact that he's not into her anymore. Uh, kind of, kind of playing the opposite of DJ Tanner here in a lot of ways. To pass the recast, I'll give her a pass on this recast with Miss Piggy the puppet. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Richard Hurd, uh, who I mean, Richard Hurd's a character actor who I think he's passed away. He played George's boss in Seinfeld on NBC for years and years, um, and then he was also just he was in Quantum Leap. He's just in a ton of stuff. He's a well-known character actor. Uh, he plays Thornton Bradley who ends up being the head sort of camp inspector uh, above the main guy who uh, George Ratzenberger uh, treats like garbage because he thinks he's just a lowly blue-collar handyman. Isn't that nice when your camp director is very classist? Is like, oh, you're a dirty, lonely handyman, so I can treat you however I want. I can verbally abuse you. You don't even get to eat food while you're at camp. Uh, what past is recast- he lower, lower rank than Ernest? I th- by based on treatment alone, yes, he is. Yeah, at least Ernest ate could eat. It didn't seem as Ernest was being deprived <laughs> of food or a bed. Ernest got Ernest got socialized medicine. That's right. When he got beat up, when he got yeah. when he got beat to death after <laughs> <By the> death, kids. <laughs> when he got concussed by Lou Alzado, when Lou Alzado put him in full body traction. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh. He got free health care. Uh, I give him a pass. I like him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about uh, Dorothy Lyman, who was most famous at this time for uh, being uh, Mama's uh, daughter-in-law in Mama's family? She plays Millie Schechter. Uh, she was kind of, at this time, she was sort of played going back to Mama's family, kind of like horny roles. And she's playing very <laughs> horny here with John Ratzenberger as well. Yeah. Right. Like that. their whole thing is they just really want to get away for the kids long enough to be able to fuck. Like that is the entire... Their entire Can character. I ask why? Why did they start a summer camp? Uh does we're never really given motivation. Are we? Ever, no. Are we ever clued into why these two would want to start a summer camp? Because I'll tell you what, I don't get it. You know what they should have started? Hedonism three. Do you know what hedonism two is? <laughs> no, I don't. A sex island. It's an all-inclusive, all-adult oh. resort. That's <laughs> that is. Uh, clothing optional and is known for hey you can do anything here yeah there you go they should have started hedonism three they're swingers apparently yeah yeah Uh, i'm perfect i I give her a pass i actually think uh some of her comedic performance is like with what she's given to do which is basically just above sitcom sort of shenanigans she's actually pretty good i'll give her a go i where radsenberg's a little bit more one note i think she plays like second banana to his stupidity very well mm-hmm. so we'll give her a pass and what about um danica mckeller aka winnie from the wonder years here playing lindsey scott the bad girl we know she's bad because she wears leather jackets and rock and roll band t-shirts and her parents are getting a divorce uh <sighs> there's a lot of camp movies we've watched this year alone kevin you and i together where some girl's parents are getting a divorce and, oh man, then she just goes to camp and is misunderstood. Yeah, I give her a pass. Uh, I would say recast. I 
don't know. Eh, put Tiffany Amber Thiessen in the role. If you're because the, oh. the idea is you're casting some of these kids against type, and then some of them you're definitely mm-hmm. not. And so she's winning. So she was like at this point in the run of the Wonder Year, she was like the the good sweet girl next door. And they're sort yeah. of they're doing the opposite of that. I say you put Tiffany Amber Thiessen in that role, and then you that's fair. You you know she's already in your NBC stable, and then you let her kind of play the bad girl because we never really saw that out of her at that point. Okay, uh, making an appearance uh, that really could, could probably shock the world. Brecken Meyer as Cody. Pass a recast. You know what? I'm gonna surprise you. I'm gonna give him a pass. I'm going to give him a pass because I don't think he has more than two lines. Uh, next is <laughs> Brian Brian Robbins. No pun intended. Pass or recast? Is he the head of the class in this movie as our bad boy, Bill Murray wannabe Roger Berg? Did you like him better than you liked uh, uh, Bill Murray? No, I I would recast him with um, Armand DeSante. Uh, Matt, no, Matt Dillon. You wouldn't recast him with Armando Santi? Oh, I not that I wouldn't. I want to see a love affair between teenage Jennifer Aniston and Armando Santi. I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and I want him to get in trouble, but nothing really happened to him. And then Jennifer Aniston claims she loses her virginity to Armando Santi, who at this point would have been 50, oh. 40 years old or 50 years old. And We're not doing it. You don't want to revisit that at all? No. I So wasn't Matt Dillon the guy in that same movie, though? Wasn't yes. Matt Dillon the like, yes. really young Matt Dillon? So that's who I was thinking of. I'm like, put him in this role for this movie. Yeah, he's Tatum O'Neill's love interest. Not the creeper role. Yeah, or no, yes. no. Yes. No, he's Christian McNichols' love interest. You're correct. Yeah. Okay, what about Joseph Sav- uh, Saviano, who is not Marilyn Manson, despite what you were told in the playground in the 1990s? <laughs> Uh, you might know. Is he the other one from the Wonder yeah, Years? Yeah, you might know him as Paul from yeah. the Wonder Years, the dorky friend mm-hmm. who plays the dorky friend in this. Like the, everybody got to be different except for the the guy from Wonder Years. They're just like, no, Josh, you're Paul for the rest of your life. And so, like, why was he Paul? Because he's like a relatively handsome guy. He just got a big old uh, Italian nose. He can't help that. Well, the problem, see, the problem here is they did not put glasses with tape on the middle on That's him. right. That's right. That's the How classic do we know mistake that they made. He's a loser if he's not wearing glasses with tape. In the I can tell. I mean, he, he may he may have an eight pack. He may be handsome, chiseled right. jaw, but you put those glasses on and instantly yeah. transformed. He might be a stallion, sexually speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, but with 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 without the glasses and the tape, how do you know? We yeah, yeah they do the acting and no, um I, I thought he was fine I'll give him a pass wasn't he just obnoxious as hell well yeah but that's kind of I mean I took that as that was the character and I feel like he played it to to you know what was called for as Max Plotkin Max Plotkin that is a name <laughs> for sure that's a real human name that real human beings have in the real human world oh yes absolutely uh, the like the only person in this movie who did not exist on a sitcom before during or after is Tasha Scott the Stefan Urkel love interest aka Jennifer Laura Winslow they don't even well they don't even give her a last name she's just Jennifer every other character is a last name except for her uh, what do you think of Tasha Scott, who is 
uh, like an actual I mean, child. Uh, let me well, let me rephrase it. She looks because I don't know who she is. She doesn't come off as a Hollywood kid. The mm-hmm. rest of these kids are Hollywood kid actor. They're, yeah, yeah, they're famous child actors. She was just a kid. She might have been an actor, but certainly wasn't famous. What did you think of her as Jennifer? I thought she was good, but I really thought that. I mean, they were basically like, "You be Urkel and you be Laura." I mean, I'm a big Family Matters fan. Yeah, I grew yeah. up watching that show. I love that show. I bought them all on digital. I rewatched them with my son not too long ago. We went through the whole thing and like. I feel like this show was just grabbing things and we'll get into it more, but it's like, they were like, well, yeah, Urkel it up and well, you're Laura, no, he's going to he try. No, no, he was Stefan Urkeling it up. He, he, have, have you watched Family Matters? He was, no, he was not Stefan Urkel. is cool. Stefan is this kid cool. Was, he was, I, this kid was supposed to think a, he was cool. Well, this kid thinks he's cool. Yeah. That's the thing. But like Urkel thinks he's smooth too. Oh man, but no. Stefan this... Stefan is cool. Laura likes Stefan. I mean, for a little bit before she realizes he's a jerk. Yeah, but, yeah. What about Robo Urkel? But yeah, Ro- no, not Robo Urkel. <laughs> but, but this movie. But would yeah, you recast I, the part of Jennifer with Robo Urkel. Well, now that would be interesting. <laughs> I would actually, if that's an option. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I want Jaleel White acting against Jaleel White as his own lo- Myrtle Urkel. Yeah, Drag Myrtle. Him up. Oh, Myrtle. She. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are recasting no. Tasha Scott as Jaleel <laughs> White in drag. Yeah. Okay. There you so go. So it's great to put a child <laughs> in drag. Uh, and let's let's just skip to Jaleel White himself playing Dennis Brooks, who at this point was basically just taking over Reginald Vell Johnson's show. Uh, well, it was, yeah. it was really Harriet's show because she got her own spinoff because she was such a popular right. character from Perfect Strangers. Star. I know he was just uh he just visited her. He That's right. Carl was just visitor in the right. episode and then uh Here it was yeah, a, really. a, a, a mm-hmm. associate character. Uh she was the elevator operator at the yeah. apartment store or whatever at Perfect Strangers, starring uh Bronson Pinchot as Baki Bartakamus from Meepos. Yeah. And, and uh Urkel was supposed to be a one off character yeah. and audiences responded and he became the star of the show and all of a sudden harriet didn't have lines anymore yeah oh and then they fired her at uh like in the it's the last season or last two seasons last they two seasons her. when they moved over to cbs and she just yeah disappeared just all of a sudden recast well yeah we, we had the fake aunt viv and we got the fake harriet mm-hmm. yeah second aunt viv i could kind of get with a little bit I never, ever, ever, ever bought faux Harriet. I never bought her as yeah. a replacement. And by that point, Urkel's going to space. Urkel's doing this. Urkel's oh, doing it that. was wild in the yeah. It was yeah. wild in the last season of that show. It, he's, he's transforming all, Carl into a car. He makes Carl <laughs> invisible, so therefore Carl can't doesn't have any lines in the episode. Uh, it got real weird, you know. In a couple of weeks, Harriet, Eddie, Laura, Grandma, Aunt Rachel, Little Richie, and the other little kid are going to get teleported to another dimension. And then Steve injects Carl with his own DNA, so Carl turns into another Steve Urkel. That's two Steve Urkels and no family on a show called Family Matters. How the fuck does that work? Listen, listen, Richard, I don't have to tell you. Urkel mania is unstoppable, okay? He's a phenomenon. There's nothing we can do about it, okay? It's up to... 
him. No, 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 no! I'm an actor. I'm a fucking actor. I am a real actor. I did Richard III. I was in True West with Sherman Helmsley. I was in Die Hard, damn it! It got weird towards the end. But I mean, I, again, I, I think, okay, I'll give him like one step up from Steve Urkel, but he's pretty much Urkel with a no. little bit, you know, he, do, he doesn't no. have the glasses, but he's the same. He's a, you know, he's what? A you just said it. He doesn't have the glasses, so he's not. Well, Urkel. you're right. That's he's the, cool. You're right. He because can't. he doesn't have glasses. But he's not cool. Stefan is cool. This kid is a little, he's a dork, but he thinks he's cool. He's That's not a dork. Difference. He's a dipshit. And there's he's a annoying. He's, a, he's, a he's annoying. He's annoying her just like he annoys yes. <laughs> Laura. Now, pass a recast. G. Gordon Liddy. That's right. The man who spent time in prison for being involved in espionage due to Watergate. <laughs> is, is he the best uh, sort of domestic spy? Uh, who spent time in U.S. prison? Of uh, you know that ever started a children's made-for-TV movie? You think? <laughs> I well, there, it, there's a lot of competition in that specific category. But after watching this film, yeah. I do believe he is the best. Yes, it's like putting Roger Stone into a children's movie now, and just being like, okay, well, <laughs> you can start your second career, Chuck Colson, as a Christian evangelist, uh, or you can start your second career as doing TV movies with child stars, G. Gordon Liddy. How fucking weird yeah. is America, man? I think they should they should probably put Rudy Giuliani in some kids' movies. That, that should end well. He's already in the second Borat. I think that's enough. I think we saw enough of him. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I thought this guy was great, so he's he's getting a big pass from me. I, you know, I think it's... Well, nah, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> what do we think of Sherman Helmsley, who was at this point starring in NBC... I believe it was NBC's Amen. Uh... Is he plays Herbert Himmel, which definitely seems like the name of a Nazi. But um, I mean, he'll always be George Jefferson. Oh, he's George though. Jefferson That's for just, sure. Yeah. But was he in 227 as well, or did he play his character from Amen in 227? I can't remember. No, I think Jack mm. A was in Amen and played somebody else in 227 before she was the mom and sister sister. I think that's right. Ah. Anyway. Okay. Um, Sherman Helmsley is in like three fourths of this movie and then disappears and never returns. He played Thurmond Fox in 227. He guest starred in the episode The Big Deal. Okay, there we go. How weird is it that at a certain point the movie just like hands itself over and goes, okay, Sherman, be funny for the next 25 minutes. And then he's like, well, my job here is done. And then he just leaves. It's so I, well, strange. The entire middle of this movie is the Sherman Helmsley story. Yeah, it is really strange. I I think there's something weird going on with with scheduling conflicts. I, you know, they got all these TV star, stars yeah, that yeah, were on yeah, their yeah. separate shows, and I'm pretty sure they said you film this week, you film this week. But uh, I mean, he's it's George Jefferson. He's going to get a pass. Yeah, I would agree. Now, would you give our final pass to Patrick Thomas O'Brien? Any clue who that is? He plays Virgil. He's just at the very beginning. He's the original handyman who kind of gets fired from the job. You know who that is? Um, I can't think of who that was. That's Mr. No. Dewey from Saved by the Bell. Really? The math teacher. Remember Mr. Dewey? Who also returned yeah. for the Saved by the Bell reboot, which you watched on Peacock. Oh, yeah. You know it. I, I did watch the first episode of that, but that's about as far as I got the, with that that's one. That's as far as you I, got? No, I, 
Yeah, I just watched the first episode. If they didn't take it off, the first episode's shaky. If they didn't take it off for tax purposes, you there's only two seasons and there's there was only like yeah. eight episodes apiece. The funniest yeah. thing I've seen on television in the last 10 years happens, I think, in the second season of Saved by the Bell. That show ended up getting no. so good. Oh, it's fucking it was hilarious. I made somebody watch it. it was they were like, Saved by the Bell. I was like, just watch it. <laughs> and it takes it takes a while for it to find itself. And when it does. It is so funny and sharp and meta and like it, okay. the, the whole show becomes a critique of Hollywood, Hollywood producers, Hollywood reboot culture. It all becomes like this meta commentary upon itself. It, uh, oh. it, it's incredible. It's so Maybe sharply written. They- it, it's one of the funniest shows that's been on in years. But the problem is it's on streaming, so you don't get more than two seasons. There's, Correct. You can't. Find your groove. Right. Just when you find it, you get Correct. canceled. You get written off. Not right? To say there's, not to uh, say there's like not funny stuff in the first season. They're just they're trying right. to balance a lot of different. And you can feel that they're like, how far can we push? And by the end of that first season, they they you start to see the direction it's heading in. And the second season comes back, and it is it is it's like a spiritual successor to to like a a community or um, Thirty Rock or something like that. Uh huh. Yeah. Is Mr. Belding still around? He doesn't show up, actually. Really? No. Nope. Dennis Haskins does not make an appearance. Commercial alert! Commercial alert! Mom, we're thirsty. Well, I've got two glasses of Sunfizz coming right up. Sunfizz, that's our favorite. That's because there's a delicious ray of sunshine in every drop. Trust your gut, not some cartoon character. So this movie opens with uh, us on a bus headed off to camp. We're not going to school. We're going to camp. Jennifer Aniston plays the put-upon counselor bus driver. While Winnie Cooper is a bad girl with a bad attitude because she's got a leather jacket. And her parents have a lot of problems. We know her parents have a lot of problems because the mom is only given one line. I'm having a lot of problems right now with your dad. (laughs) That's all the mom says. When we see her in person, when we see her in a flashback, when she calls her on the phone and says, Mom, I'm not happy here. I'm thinking about taking my own life. All the other children are bullying me. And the mom says, you have to deal with your own problems. I don't have time for this. I have my own problems. I have a lot going on right now with your dad. Goodbye. And it hangs up on her. Great parenting. If you could distill the early 90s into a human being, it's at least early 90s television what kids on TV look like in the early nineties. It's Brecken Meyer. He's got the, yeah. the weird fucking nineties hat that only people only wore from 1990 to 1991. <laughs> He's got like the oversized <laughs> crazy pattern, every color shirt that people only wore yeah. from the late eighties to the early nineties. And basically until <laughs> grunge hit, he's it's like, he's nineties out to the max. Right. Yeah. And then we have Brian Robbins, who's trying to do his best Bill Murray impression. His entire character is he keeps fucking different female camp counselors who don't have names and aren't characters. Uh, And we believe it's all going to lead to a great romance between Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) They never bother to give her a character either. And she disappears for 45 minutes. (laughs) She, I'm her. I mean, I don't know if she wasn't a name yet. I don't get it because the way that she's in this movie and build like, 
one of the top build people yeah. and I don't, maybe that's retroactive, but I expected her to be in more of the movie. I'm like, Oh, it's early. They're going to use her, but no, she's like she supposed to be the main female disappears. lead. Yeah. Yeah. This and she not, just completely yeah. disappears for most of the movie. She plays the daughter of John Ratzenberger's character. And she, I, she's just giving nothing to do in this film. Nothing. Uh, Rats is given a lot to do, though. He plays an extremely horny camp director who's recently taken over the camp. He's like you said, he's Jennifer Aniston's dad, and he's an accountant. He's an accountant, apparently, which means nothing. And he enter, he announces yeah. to us the yearly competition, which is the Battle of the Bunks. Uh, Troy, aka Nobody, there's another kid who shows up in this movie who is like the star athlete of the camp. We we don't see him after the. First ten minutes, and he shows up in the last ten minutes. They yeah, like they introduce know. this character as if he is going to be part of this gang of kids. Like he's going to be one of the central figures of this movie because he is like the jock of camp. He's the golden boy of this camp. He is never seen again. It's the strangest. The pattern, yeah. the flow, the pace of this thing is bizarre. It is so strange. It is cut up and. And I think they had people, they had like, you four film this week, you six film this next week. You couldn't get the kid who played Troy for all four weeks? You film this goddamn thing? Yeah. Yeah, I don't get what they were doing, but the way that it was edited and the way that characters would come and go for long chunks of time really makes me think that they had very limited filming time and they just filmed almost like these little side skits everything's a vignette yeah yeah exactly it's like all vignettes and they're strung together and you sometimes at the the beginning and at the end they put them together like they filmed all those scenes in a couple days and then they're like okay everyone go do your thing and rejoin and we'll stitch this all together okay now i would believe that to be true except for the fact that there's 16 minutes of behind the scene footage available on youtube kevin i watched all 16 minutes did you watch it I couldn't make all 16 minutes. I made <laughs> I made about 10 minutes of it. So when but, YouTube, uh, the algorithm was like, people also watch. I am people because nobody else was watching both. I created that algorithm. That algorithm, well, that entity did not exist. Right now, an entity has been given birth to. It's simply tracking who watches what after they watch Camp Cucamonga. And I, well, let me tell you. I, yeah. I, okay. First of all, so this, as we've mentioned before, was a made-for-TV film. This movie is exclusively available on YouTube. That's right. But when I say exclusively available, I I mean by a channel called Right On Dudes. (laughs) Well, there's more than one rip on YouTube, though, if you look hard enough. There's more than one rip. That's the main one. I did. I did. I saw another one, and it wasn't any better. I tried to see if there was, you know, any better. So... If you want to watch this movie, yeah. other than the dudes on YouTube that uploaded it, yeah. you can spend $100 on Amazon for a DVD, yeah. or you can spend, I believe, $60 for the VHS. Yeah. Did you spend the 60 for the VHS since you're now a VHS collector? I am now subscribed to Write on Dudes, and <laughs> we're good. <laughs> we're good. If you were to get a copy of Can't Cook Cucamonga on VHS in the mail... Would you be excited about that? Oh, nothing would be sweeter. Okay. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Did you notice that when <laughs> Troy, who is again, what disappears out of the narrative, when he first meets Jaleel White, did you clock at all what he said to him? No. He's, he first meets Jaleel White because Troy is a little white boy, we should say. 
And Troy wins all yeah. the athletic awards and most valuable camper and everything, right? When he first yeah. meets Jaleel White's character, Dennis Brooks, he says, wow, you must be a good athlete. To which <laughs> Jaleel responds, not every black kid is Bo Jackson. I'm terrible at sports. The first thing that they write this character to say to a black child is, nice to meet you. You must be great at sports. Isn't that strange <laughs> and racist? It is It is very strange and very racist. And did you and notice that the, the, oh, the black boy can only really be sexually attracted to the black girl and vice versa? Well, that's the, that's the thing. That's what I'm talking about yeah. is it's like they just planted. They're like, yeah, here's this thing on Family Matters. To me, at least from watching Family Matters so yeah. long, it just felt so strange that they were basically like, here, you two be these same characters. And man, they, they used to do that a lot. And I'll tell you, it, it hasn't gotten necessarily much better because I think of the, uh, the, the last Star Wars movie. Yes. And how they yes. they erased the whole John Boyega Daisy Ridley yes. thing like that would have been great yeah. that that would have been a great romance as a part of the plot and then they're like oh no out of the entire all the galaxies all the solar systems Mando's maybe bastard daughter maybe I it, it's just so cheap yep. to be like yep. I mean he could be with anybody anybody Maskinada Maskinada. Babu Frick. Anyone. Babu Frick. Yeah. Babu Frick. Anybody. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, here's the other black character in this movie. You, I mean, it's so weird that in 2019 or whenever that was that we're still doing that. But but yes, it is very obvious with them doing it in this one. Are C-3PO and R2-D2 a domestic partnership? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay. All right. All right. That's all. I you think that, that you think that little you think that little hand that sticks out doesn't <laughs> j- j- do more than a lighter? That's more than a thumbs up, my friend. <laughs> what other kind of attachments does he have? He's yeah. he's checking his oil levels. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> wow, a lot of ports and interfaces. Those noises. I mean, you don't know what those translate to, but. <laughs> <laughs> Those beeps and boops were pre-recorded during some intimate times. That's wow. Yes. Right. Okay. All right. Um <laughs> Okay. Um You asked. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I got what I asked for. Um then Dennis, aka Jilla White, turns it around because him and Frankie, Dennis and Frankie, who's played by Chad Allen decide that all the boys should get together, grab their camcorder, and go directly into the ladies' showers through the floorboards. And Troy's like, I don't know, guys. I don't think that's right. I don't think, I don't think you should watch people when they shower. To which Jaleel White says, Troy, why don't you stay back and polish your trophy? Which is yeah. clearly like a, if you don't want to go see naked girls, why don't you just stay here and jack off reference? I thought, we're yeah, about 15 had- minutes of this movie and we're, we're it's gotten racial, it's gotten sexual. John Ratzenberger's, you know, putting his wife in a sex swing in front of the kids. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that one actually written down. That was the line. That was the line of the movie for me. <laughs> you can just stay back here and polish your trophy. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? It's so, I mean, that's such a 90s thing. It's like, very much it's so. so random. Um, oh. You know another 90s thing? Another 90s thing is 
when groups of girls get together, they have to sing Motown. Whether they're singing into oh, a, yeah. whether they're singing into a wooden spoon, whether they're having a pillow fight, playing with Ouija boards, stiff as a feather, light or stiff as a board, mm-hmm. light as a feather, summoning Beelzebub, they're always singing Motown. Girls get together and sing Motown, even if they're prepubescent girls in a shower that the movie films for an uncomfortable length of time above the clavicle to give them the appearance of being nude again. This was on TV. I, I, I don't know who this is for. <laughs> who was no. this for? I, that's a great question. Um, according to how many people have ever heard of this movie, I'm going to say no one. That's not true. You've heard of it. You begged me to cover this. I think your memory is a little bit hazy, ah, sir. Okay. I have never heard of this, this film. Never. You didn't watch it when it was originally on? I did not watch. I was not checking my TV guide, the listings for this. Okay, I tried to watch. The reason I found the behind the scenes thing, let me jump back that for just a second. So you sent me the link. Yeah. I watch it. I think it's a trailer. It just keeps going. I look at the time. It's an hour and a half. I say, yeah. what is this the thing? And then the, yeah, the title, the title card comes in like 20 minutes into the movie. Yes. Camp Cucamonga. And it's like, okay, this is crazy. So I go on YouTube and I just type in Camp Cucamonga because I'm like, what else is out there? Who Does anyone have a better copy of this movie? Yeah. Is there a story? Is there a great love for this? Are people writing video essays on Camp Cucamonga? Yeah. Um, and I find this behind the scenes thing, yeah. which I'm guessing is a rip off the DVD. I can't imagine this would come out in any other format. Uh, but I found the behind the scenes thing. And that's where one of the, one of the lines in there. And I thought it was the, um, the character that's not Laura Winslow. And they say, Oh, she's the oldest one here. It she's is true. Old. She's like 17 or something at the time. Yeah. yeah and yeah, so yeah. that's why. So when you said she's like a young child, I'm yeah. like, well, they say in that behind, that's how I knew that she's one of the older ones. Yeah. They, so. they also, um, Jaleel white and the other kid who's not a character at all. Who's not Troy. Who's mm-hmm. introduced at first. They, they rap and they do, um, digital underground. The one where they do the Humpty, the Humpty dance, the Humpty hump. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, they do digital underground, and they just this is all. See, I watched it. Yeah, it's the entire song, and, I, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, they did introduce that kid, and then he never spoke another line in the movie. It's very mm-hmm. odd. I think there's, I think there was a lot of editing going on here. Uh, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep going along. So, um, yeah, the boys end up uh, uh, just knocking out the floor panel. The, 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 the. The floor. I don't know what else to call it. And just to get a giant movie, fucking camcorder into the shower. This movie is meatballs. I mean, that's kind of. this is meatballs. Well, meatballs didn't go that TV. far. Well, and meatballs was rated R. Well, right. But the, the song, like, remember how meatballs, that song. Are you ready for you the ready summer? Ready for the summer? Yeah. Are you ready? That, would come, that was the beginning of the movie. It would come up in all the main scenes. Camp it came Kikamanga. up in the big. <laughs> the yeah, exact yeah. same thing. All like. All I could think of was not the rap song they make, but like the the through line, the thing yes. that starts on the bus when the movie yes. just starts, that song. They interject it the same way Meatballs does. I think these people, they said, oh, make us a movie to air on TV about the summer. And I think they took Meatballs and I think they took Kid almost stars. all the beats yeah. and put kids in yeah. it. And yeah, it just felt so much like the same exact movie. Yeah. Um Oh boy. Uh insensitive depictions of First <laughs> Nations people. Um Ratzenberg. Now, on the one hand, this is a reoccurring joke. So do you give it a little bit of a pass because he's obviously an idiot 
So, and obviously he's, he's full of shit. Like that's like the bottom line is this guy's full of shit. He's, he's stolen valor. He's an accountant. He's an accountant. Yeah. He's just a lot. I mean, yeah. So, because he, uh, he's he like, might be an accountant for the, for these studios, for the guy that's making in the top 10. Maybe he's his accountant. <laughs> Do you think he based this on his real life accountant? Probably. Yes. Uh, he's uh Cucamonga, which is, as you remember, is Navajo, which it isn't. Cucamonga is actually derived from a Spanish word, which basically means a sandy place. But then he goes mm-hmm. later in the movie he goes Cucamonga is Hopi for hospitality. And remember Cucamonga yeah. is this, whatever. He just picks a imaginations mm-hmm. tribal group and then says, Oh, it's this, 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 yeah, whatever he wants it to be. The movie then completely as a feature length film about kids at camp deviates from the children for a good 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Well, it's the different vignette, right? I mean, you've and we go, the children. We go straight this. into those sitcom shenanigans and the drama of Marvin and Millie mistake Herbert, aka Sherman Helmsley, as the inspector who's coming to vote of whether or not they can be open as a camp, which seems a little late mm-hmm. because the kids are already fucking there. They're at the yeah. camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that whole through line to me, and especially when the guy's like, you're shut down. Like, it's like they're at camp. Yeah, you, the kids are already there. Do? The bunks already full. Yeah. yeah. Cash is, <laughs> the checks have already been cashed. These parents aren't getting their money back. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, but because some convoluted thing, he's got his sister's wedding or his cousin's wedding so he shows up in a suit and da, 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 da. so he assumes that he is the inspector instead of being the handyman and then we spend 30 mm-hmm. minutes of watching john ratzenberger <laughs> try to bribe sherman Helmsley yeah by taking him out on a boat taking him fishing mm-hmm. put him fetching his slippers putting him into a bathrobe <laughs> giving him a reach around feeding him off the grill yeah. letting him fuck his wife uh, yeah, I was gonna say I'm surprised he didn't send you know send the wife. Well, yeah, the wife does kind of the wife does flirt with him though. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, go out there and butter him up, and she does. She's like, oh, yeah. hello. So it isn't a complete cuckold situation. It's not a uh, mm-hmm. incognito tab situation on red tube, but we're getting pretty <laughs> close. That's that's I guess is kind of my point here. Um, they should have had red tube in it. No. Who is this movie for? Because there is risque. It's a little like, okay, it probably go over the heads of kids in 1990, but it's, it seems a little bit more. It's like mean and inappropriate than what you would think. Because, because someone watched meatballs. They said, Hey, make this camp movie and put all these kid stars in it. And the person's like, yeah, I know just the thing. And they wrote meatballs, which is an adult centered film and I don't think meatballs is this mean though this movie is these kids are well they they watch mean. they watch ernest goes to camp yes, and they watch yeah, meatballs probably right yes or yes now that's aren't they i mean these kids are fucking yeah. ruthless to each other mean but in do you a way. think in the 90s it's but do you think in the 90s at summer camp i mean especially at that time before, when no one was looking out for bullying and all that stuff like well that's the question mean. i was gonna ask you the, okay we were both alive during this time right were we assholes mm-hmm. in the 90s i think i think other people were to me i i wasn't the asshole you were paul did you have tape on your glasses mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. I had a, a good optometrist. Did you get your friends lost in the woods and then burn their only food source? Because if you did, you deserve that I ass did. whooping. 
Yeah, I did do that. You deserve to be bullied for that. No, no child deserves to be bullied for just who they are. But if you do destroy the only food you have while you're lost in the wilderness, a little bullying goes a long way. Mm. I think bullying entered gets back on the table there. (laughs) When you're all, when you're inadvertently responsible for the starvation of other children, little bullying, little name calling, I'll let it pass. What I want to know was, were they writing this script on? Did they have like two weeks? They get this camp and are writing the script like before they're shooting it. Like, okay, what shenanigans uh, can we know, come up with? Because all of a sudden it's like now the whole movie's about stakes. Not stakes. Oh, yeah. S-T-A-K-E-S. No, literal. S-T-E-A-K-S. Food. Yeah, it's all like about the whole four 20, stakes. <laughs> 20 minutes of these kids yeah. stealing the steaks from the kitchen and then trying to cook them and eat them. Literally like, dragging a charcoal grill through the woods. Uh, <laughs> so ridiculous. I don't think any kids would do that. No, so that's probably okay. the least realistic. The purpose part of, of the steak is the food at Camp Cucamonga <laughs> is the shits. And it gives you the shits. And so the two <laughs> kids, the Chad Allen character, the Jaleel White character, wanna wanna make out with the Candace Kim Bray character and the not Laura Winslow character. And they're like, we want to make it with these girls, so we're gonna take them to a secluded place in the woods and have a romantic steak dinner with them. Mm. there's only one problem they don't know anything about the woods they don't know how to cook or steaks (laughs) yeah or steaks they have no idea how to cook anything and so uh paul from the wonder years is like he's so desperate to be included and he's so desperate for winnie cooper to be into him well who wouldn't well correct uh to this day um right and but he's so desperate and she's like throwing him pity she's like okay i'll like go on a walk with you i'll go into the woods with you if you just leave mm-hmm. me alone or whatever and he's like i got a date like but, but you guys don't know i've got this patented method and i know the woods and i got a perfect spot and it's secluded and no counselors will be able to find us and we'll be able to do whatever we want to these girls i thought this is just really fucking creepy and so then come to find out he doesn't know fuck all about the woods. He leads them to what he calls his <laughs> grotto of all things, mm. uh, which is basically a uh, bunch of pond scum in a uh, mosquito field. Like just like a, yeah. yeah. And he wasn't taking ladies to a setting like that. He wasn't taking ladies anywhere. That's the whole, that's the thing. Why would those kids interrogate the logic of this movie here, Kevin? Why oh, would Dennis and whoever Chad Allen's character was, why would they believe that this guy who's never been kissed, <laughs> never been liked, never even been said hello to other, by anyone other than Danica McKellar as Lindsay, that he would have a romantic spot? Why do they believe that? That's a great question. I don't know the answer. I don't think it makes sense. The other thing that makes sense is, okay, they're sta- they, they have to steal uh, the charcoal grill from a line of charcoal grills because that's apparently how they're feeding these kids they're having a, mm-hmm. a cookout and why couldn't they have just cooked well i guess you they had to hide it because they stole them i'm just thinking why could they just cook the steaks on the grill where it was then stolen the steaks off the grill and then taking them into the woods because ste- yeah, a good I think steak they needs take- 15 minutes to rest anyways kevin yeah, I think they were worried about getting caught. I mean, I get them not wanting to do it on site, but the the dragon, the gorilla around and all that, I 
I just think that they didn't, I think the script probably was rushed and they said, what will kill 20 minutes of time? This will be funny trying to cook steaks and not know how to do it. But yeah, it did. It felt like a sitcom episode or like, like you said, vignettes, four or five sitcom episodes stuck together. But uh, yeah. Let me ask you one more steak question, Kevin. Oh, please. Where, Where do these boys, how do they store the steak? Because they steal it in the morning and they don't eat it until the evening. Oh, yeah. So this steak is not at room temperature because they're in a non-air-conditioned sure. bunks. Do they just hide, just have the steak sitting on a open plate, unwrapped in 90-degree July weather <laughs> for eight hours? Lots of salt. Lots of salt like Christopher Columbus and the old sailors used to do. Very strange. If they had eaten those steaks, they'd be dead. <laughs> well, you know, they cooked they cooked them. You know, if they cook them enough, right, they can kill most of that stuff. I don't think so. You know what else is dead? Phrases no. like this. Hey, it's the 90s. We don't say that anymore. <laughs> you know, we don't say that. Well, certainly. Certainly not. No, but do you mean like, hey, it's the odds? No, well, but here's the thing: people would say all the time, like, "Well, it's the '80s," and then it was like, "Well, we don't do that anymore." It's the '90s now. Remember that was always the phrase: "It's the '90s now." What? What is it now? It's the tens. And then we said, "Well, it's a new millennium," and then we just stopped. Well, we'd be in the twenties now, but yeah, we just stopped. Nobody but, says like, but, "Hey, you know what it is? It's the twenties. Nobody says that. No, I mean sometimes I say it's the roaring twenties, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't think that's caught on. <laughs> we no longer <laughs> you don't hear people saying that. Yeah, we no longer reference the decade and like, "Hey, the spirit of the decade is it's the nineties. We don't do things conventionally anymore." Or, "Hey, it's the eighties. Conspicuous consumption. Whoa, we don't. We don't. You know, hey, just relax. Do a little cocaine. It's the eighties." We don't, we don't like it's just wow. that was a thing we did for like th- four decades in a row. We just stopped. Yeah. I think it's just society's collapsing and that's one way. The world's, yeah. the world's at an end. <laughs> the future and is uncertain. People just do what they want. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, there's just not much hope. Like no one even has to justify it. There's no more, hey, I'm doing this asinine thing or this horrible thing or whatever. But hey, it's because whatever. People just do it now and then they, make up a reason why you're wrong yeah. right yeah it's the 90s um yeah we just don't do it anymore we don't identify with our decades anymore and the other thing is like there's no more discernible fashion there's no distinct fashion from decade to decade it's all a blur now we don't like like th- True. Th- there's no like this movie has a look to it and you can pinpoint like oh well that's from 1989 or 1990 or 1991 that's a good point. There's a bunch of kids who are nostalgic on TikTok for 2013 for some reason, specifically the year 2013. Huh. And uh, I look back, maybe it's because I'm old, but I look back at 2013 and I'm like, other than some of the hipstery sort of stuff, like the real, real hipstery stuff where you look like you're from the 1820s, uh, <laughs> everything else is the, the fucking same. So it's like yeah. everybody's wearing the same fucking jeans they were. People right now, people are wearing low rise jeans, high rise jeans, mom's jeans, late nineties jeans, Jinko jeans are making a comeback. Jeans with holes I was gonna say Jinkos. Yeah, yeah, like like it's just like a remix, a constant remix of all the things I've already lived through 
but it's no further development. There's no progress. Yeah, no, you're right. There isn't really a voice. There isn't a, there's nothing you could point to and go, that's this year's thing. Or this it, decade. This is the decade we're in. Or this, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a great point. I mean, I know that for a while I've been rocking the uh, graphic tees and the, uh, you know, the khaki shorts and that's kind of just how it's stayed. I don't know. A lot of people are doing that. I think that's kind of the adoption of nerd culture means that you don't have to wear like, this is the jeans, this is the shirt or whatever. It's like most people just wear graphic tees now. That's it. That's true. We've just given up as a society. We used to be a society. Well, I call it, I call it high fashion. I see. You call it what you want. I I call it giving up. up. Uh, (laughs) let, Let me ask you, who is the protagonist of this film? Uh, well, I thought it was Jennifer Aniston until she had five minutes of screen time. Uh, I mean, that's a great question because to me, if I were to pick one, I think it's John Ratzenberger. I don't think the kids are the stars. I think it's his movie. Well, I didn't say who the star was. Who's the, who's the protagonist? Who is the main character who we follow as an arc who learns some kind of lesson who we're supposed to be rooting for. I think it's Ratzenberger, the con man, the, the, the man who stole <laughs> valor from dead soldiers that he didn't earn by being a draft dodger. <laughs> He's he uh, to con and his way into cr- camp accreditation, even though by his own admission, he has a list of all the things that are falling apart at this camp. Putting child safety in danger. There, there, a group of children goes missing in the woods. He's unaware of it for hours. And when he finally does go after them, he gets lost with them in the woods. That Yeah, and there is that does there is the weird uh like the sexual the jokes about, you know, the kids getting it on and yeah, and then, oh, I think I'm already too late and all that. Well, come to find out. So the kids do get lost because Paul takes them to his sex grotto. And, of course, these are children. So they're like, well, what are we supposed to do here? And the guy who's only knows about grottos from reading his dad's Playboys is like, oh, well, we eat the food and we'll do this. And that He burns up all the food. He leaves them starving. But by God's grace, it turns out that, that Lindsay's deadbeat dad was an outdoorsman. The dad never mm-hmm. makes an appearance. We never learn his name. We never see his face. We know nothing about him except for the fact that he's given her mom a lot of problems. So many problems. Mm-hmm. A lot of problems. A lot of problems. So many problems that she can't even write her daughter at camp. So she's the only girl in camp who doesn't receive letters. When she finally does well, receive, she does. She gets one letter. Say, she, she gets one and letter. And the letter says, is, hey, <laughs> hope you're enjoying your summer. Our, <laughs> we're getting divorced. I, not, your, parent, your dad's giving me way too many problems. I'm not living them with it anymore. <laughs> what a weird end to this movie. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your summer. I'm not coming thought, to get you because I got a lot to handle with this divorce. It is so yeah. fucked up. Then she I it's so this is a children this is this a children's movie? Like yes. I just <laughs> And the way she finds out her parents are getting divorced is that Cameron Candace Beret, who's like the mean girl of the camp, figures out that she's been mailing letters to herself so she doesn't appear like a loser from her parents. Mm. So she intercepts one of the letters and reads it a pu- publicly in the bunk to everybody in the bunk only to 
halfway through realize this isn't a fake letter. It's a real letter. But she continues to read it. She's just <laughs> sad when she reads the second half. Yeah. You know, there's another option I wanted to say. You could stop reading the letter. Once you realize it's a deeply personal, life-altering, family-shattering bit of news, just stop fucking reading. That, this reminds me of the little darlings thing, though. Remember yes. when they're all going on about their virginities and all that stuff? It's, yeah. I, I, I feel like, I mean, I know there's tropes. Yes. There's, there's tropes. But the movies feel somewhat original in their own way, but they hit the tropes like you listed off. And then this movie, for whatever reason to me, feels like it was cherry picking parts of famous camp movies, which does lead me to believe that maybe yeah. it was written in a week or two. In no particular because, order, right? There's no particular order yeah. to the story. We, no. For instance, we never find out how Candace Cameron Bure figures out that Lindsay is writing the letters to herself. We just, it's implied she's writing them to herself. Hmm. Then we just skip over it. We don't think about it for 25 minutes while Sherman Helmsley is dancing around a campfire telling a ghost story and a scene that goes nowhere because he forgets the end of the ghost story. And he's like, well, you have to make up the end yourself. I thought, what the hell is this? Is that, I mean, that's the writer going, I have no idea yeah. what the story I is. Have, yeah. Just, yeah, well, just finish it yourself. <laughs> And then, and then the executive said, that's brilliant. And then the next scene is the middle of the day. And Candace Cameron Bure is like intercepts a letter and is like, she's writing these herself. Like, how the fuck do you know? How'd you figure that mystery out? It's embarrassing. Anyway. I, <laughs> uh, so they figure out, thank God, deadbeat dad is an outdoorsman. And the only time he ever spent with his daughter mm -hmm. was teaching her to prepare for the apocalypse. And she knows that she could take Candace Cameron Bure's dirty, dirty pantyhose and turn them into a fishing net, and they catch bass or something like that in her pantyhose, and that's to eat over a fire so they can live. The only reason these kids live is because the girl who likes rock and roll music knows how to survive in the woods, probably because her parents were going to dump her there at some point in the not-too-distant future, be like, you're on your own, kid. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay, if if you had your choice yeah. and you were given two platters, one opens up, you've got rotting steaks, and you've got pantyhose bass, which one would you choose? I wouldn't eat pantyhose sushi. But if the, no, if no. the fish comes cooked. out of the pantyhose and gets cooked, I'd eat that over uh, some steak Marilyn Manson burned beyond recognition. <laughs> And they both, yeah, they both get cooked. I mean, so, yeah. you know, whatever that does to meat that's been sitting out in the 90 degree weather. That's like true. You said. Yeah, um, right. I, I'd probably just yeah, eat okay. the charcoal briquettes that are in that charcoal <laughs> grill. <laughs> it's a good choice. I mean, eventually, yeah, John Ratzenberg does show up. He sees the pantyhose hanging in a tree and he's like, I tried to get here before it was too late. Maybe I yeah. am too late. Applying it's too late. Applying yeah. these eleven-year-olds yeah. have been fucking. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like what? Who wrote this? <laughs> like again, meatballs, right. man. This, this, this is not a direct-to-video movie. This is a direct-to-television primetime NBC summer this special for the family. Gather, gather round with the family. <laughs> pop the popcorn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, mom is terrified. Dad is like, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just like, what are we doing here? And, then, and dive into some <laughs> racial stereotypes while you're at it. Because they're like, oh, oh, man, we failed the inspection because 
uh, Ratzenberger so verbally, physically, and emotionally abused the inspector. It turned out it was not Sherman Helmsley. It was G. Gordon Liddy. And so he's like, oh, my gosh. Well, what are we going to do? The camp's closed now, even though the kids are still fucking there. What are we going to do? We lost our credit. Well, duh, make a rap video. One of the white kids goes, we'll make a rap video. And, well, hey, at least that was progressive. They didn't have Urkel say well, it. But wait. You're right. They didn't have Julia White say it. <laughs> then every white kid in the scene turns to the only two black kids that are in this movie. Their heads are on a swivel and they're like, can you teach us how to dance and teach us how to rap? And then it's the responsibility cut to a montage of the two African-American children oh. to teach all the white kids what rap is really all about, which essentially comes down to them completely pilfering Young MCs bust a move beat for beat to do Camp Cucamonga. <laughs> Camp Cucamonga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, it's fairly horrendous. It, then they make a music video. We watch them make the music video in a montage. Then we mm-hmm. watch. Of course. The guy watched the music video on his VCR. Yeah. It comes to the camp. Somehow we get the battle of the whatever. What, where is this video editing equipment? Uh, no, because here's the thing. You're, you're 100% edit- right. I believe that they could maybe have a camcorder. Where do they add the green right. screen effects? They're, they're at, yeah, there's literally backgrounds. There Lights, are, there, there, transitions. Yeah. There's, yes. There, 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 but, but the editing, they are. Camp Cucamonga has a television they, studio. has an editing bag. Yeah. I mean, this is like some Camp Nowhere stuff here where they've got, you know, some advanced, they've got all the advanced technology they're buying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got computer camp. Yeah. They got, yeah, you got TV (laughs) editing camp. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that's one of those things that I guess, I don't know. I mean, back then, I feel like if I were watching this as a young kid, I would think of that. But I don't know. Did people think differently? Like no one questioned that in the 90s, the early you know, 1990. I've watched this thing when it first aired on NBC in prime time. You watched. This. Yeah. I watched it live. So you, okay. You actually knew this existed. So this not only did, I know, the, not only did I know that it existed, <laughs> I saw it subsequently on video. I knew people who had this on home. video. Um, oh my gosh. I, this has zero cultural and like, I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm shocked because I go through the cast list, right? <laughs> right. And I'm seeing Family Matters yeah. and Cheers. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just, just like, this is crazy. George Jefferson's in the this Wonder thing. Years. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, George Jefferson. Uh, all, yeah. yeah, Wonder Years. I watched all the Wonder Years yeah. on Nick, you know, Nick at Night or yeah. whatever, all the reruns and stuff. I and watched it live, I, buddy. I, knew, I didn't even watch the rerun. Yeah. Yeah. But I knew all these actors, I oh, knew yeah. these people. Yeah. And this came out, you know, I would have been really young, but I mean, st- still, if people were watching on video it's or whatever, a, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know how I missed this, but I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm not even watching and going, oh, yeah, I re- no, no, no. The first time you sent me this link, it was just, what the hell is this thing? You thought I made it I've up. never heard I of this. I made this movie I, and sent it to you. <laughs> I, I thought you made this movie. I, I thought this was a, <laughs> I thought this was one of your famous pranks. Yeah, um, so it turns out that the rap video is a great big pile of shit. <laughs> oh, no kidding. 
But I do have to ask the question, what is the bigger pile of shit? Is the bigger pile of shit the video they these kids produce or the actual pile of shit that Lindsay falls <laughs> face forward into because the moment she finds out that her parents will be divorced, she has to put so her weird. feelings aside to jump on a horse to compete in the Battle of the Bunks. She's not properly saddled into the horse, falls off yeah. the horse face first into a real pile of shit. <laughs> Uh, there was something really weird. <laughs> then, in her embarrassment, from, runs away, be covered in shit, and then wants to leave the camp. But isn't there another scene where someone falls forward? Aside from that, into a pile of I shit. I felt like no, no, that was that was probably the only time that happened. Yeah. But there was another scene. I swear, unless I'm just thinking of that one, where someone falls on the ground, but it looks so fake like it's like this movie feels like okay we got it like they there were no notes there was no there were no redos it has the production value of an episode of goosebumps which was shot in a day in canada yeah i mean our friends our friends john cherry and ernest i mean that is like citizen Kane compared (laughs) to this movie they're like that movie at least though you know kevin you think ernest you think John Car- Jerry and Ernest <laughs> are Citizen Kane compared to Citizen Kane? <laughs> like it's not. Well, yeah, yeah. Like the way I got feedback on your episode, and the, I, somebody sent me a message, and they said, "Does Kevin yeah. know that Ernest is not a real person?" Is <laughs> the way you talked about him is as if he was a war hero who fought for our country, like. He fought in the Revolutionary War or something. Like he died. Wait, wait like he went having, into the fires of nine eleven and pulled children out of the daycare or something. Well, wait a minute, hold on. First Ernest of all, is not a wounded videos. warrior. No, you you have all those movies, yeah. first of all. Yeah. I've checked them out. Yeah. Second of all, he is a hero. <laughs> he is a second of all. How dare you? He is a hero. <laughs> He's an American icon. <laughs> Have you not ever seen the specials? Like, hey, Vern, it's my family album. Yes. There are war heroes. There are there. <laughs> they've fought in every war. That's right. Yeah. Every country around the world. Yeah. I mean the the yeah. Oh my gosh. We know how Jim Varney. Uh, we know how Jim Varney died. How Ernest died. Agent Orange <laughs> took, him, <laughs> took him out. Yeah. Don't spoil. That's it. canon. Yep, it's canon. Uh, Ernest Goes to the VA is the last movie that was ever made. It's pretty dark. It's like, have you ever seen Born on Fourth of July? It's basically that, but with Ernest. He's in a wheelchair, he's soiling himself. It's it's, it's pretty bleak. Yeah. I'd watch it. He, yeah, he goes to the Republican National Convention and starts screaming about, you know, <laughs> veterans' rights, and then, yeah. Just dies. Dies in his own film. Ernest, er, Ernest is a man of the people. He would yeah. never. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did. The biggest laugh I got out of this entire movie was watching Danica McKellar run. It's not, it's not great to oh, laugh at a didn't. child run, 
But she she did like a Naruto run twenty years before Naruto existed. It was so strange. You think they copied? You think you think they were watching this? The idea, yes. <laughs> I think they were like, remember when Danica and McKellar fell into a giant pile of horse poops and they covered a child in manure and then made her run? Yeah. Yeah. Very awkwardly. They were like, that's Naruto. Yeah. The the last half hour of this movie is the, the games, the competition. Insane. And it just it's it, they just were like, okay, we only have an hour. We've already padded it with steak heist <laughs> oh, yeah, and right. an accountant Helmsley, trying to dance montage do his yeah. wife. And yeah, yeah, yeah. they were like, what are, what, let, let's have 30 minutes of these competitions. I mean, it's it, it's not a battle of the camps, nope. right? So, like, there's not the same stakes as the cool summer. Here's the thing, Kevin. Like, we don't even see the other the kids in the other bunks that they're competing against. No. It's like it's a baseball like game. Them. There's yeah. only five kids of the team. <laughs> we don't even see the it's other so, team. We don't know who's on the it's team. It's so weird and so boring like the the stakes have never felt lower like <laughs> at least with me as much as i didn't care for meatballs yeah. but like those competitions at least were entertaining and watching spaz with the egg and they, the uh, they introduced racer, what, uh, a, a camp's worth of children and the yeah. even the background children were semi-reoccurring characters in the movie right in this movie there was something yeah troy yeah. only reemerges when he's on the pitcher's mound at camp cucamunda at the last 20 minutes and then they abandoned him to go to like okay well fuck battle of the bunks we're gonna go run off to whatever to go get Lindsay. then they get Lindsay. then they come back then they play baseball and then the, then paul hits a home run or whatever and they win the big game and then he he they go to the dance of like immediately they're like end of camp dance and you're like this is the end did it just start wasn't this the start of camp <laughs> they just got yeah, accredited I three How months over a, yeah a month went by yeah, or was whatever. Week. Yeah. what the hell is this and then yeah paul wins mvp of camp and then immediately uh is like hey danica mckellar i don't like you anymore i don't think we should i don't think i i don't think that we should be exclusive and danica mckellar's like we were never <sighs> dating but then she stops herself and, she, and it's like, oh, okay. Which is very smart. Yeah, yeah. Which is very smart the way she played that off. But the whole what thing was, I didn't well, understand. Hang on a second here. What? Let me interrupt you. What are the lessons though, oh, that please. teaches you? That Lindsay needs to avoid her home life by assimilating into normie camp culture. That the way that we know that she's now a good person is by the fact that she, when her mom finally does show up and go, I've been so selfish. I've been putting my own needs before you. I like, you know, me and your dad have not been doing a good job. I will come take you home. We're still getting divorced, but I'll come take you home so we can process this as a family. And Lindsay goes, no, I'd rather stay at camp, mom. And then the next thing you know, she's not wearing a heavy metal shirt. She's wearing a Camp Cucamonga shirt with squirrels on it, which was her big protest. So what's the lesson there? Ignore your family problems and go to camp. What's the lesson between her and um, developing incel Max Plotkin, who's like... <laughs> You know, her, the just allow a guy to be under the delusion that he's been dating you, even though you've told him you're not attracted to him, just, just, just to not hurt his fragile ego. And then on top of that, what is her prize for not bursting the ego of a, of a beta of like, uh, like Max, she gets the other girl's boyfriend. Who's an actual Chad. She gets Chad Allen, an actual giga Chad. What are the lessons we're learning here? 
and Candace Cameron Bure. Well, well, hey, you're yeah. Yesterday's news: a hotter chick showing up. You need to just accept the fact that Chad Allen wants to go with uh, Danica McKellar because you're not very attractive, and you should make peace with that. So strange. Yeah, I I would never claim there are good lessons to be learned with this movie. You're the you're the utmost leading expert in this film. Yeah. Apparently, mm-hmm. I think you're the only one that's ever seen this film. I'm still not <laughs> certain that that you aren't right on dudes and you did not film this movie <laughs> and upload it yourself. But uh, yeah. these could all be AI characters. Uh, AI generated. Feels like it yeah. could be. Well, yeah, it's just pulling from other movies. And yeah, yeah. it feels very machine learned. Um, no, I don't. There is no lesson and there there's no, no point. But, and there is no uh, point to Camp uh, but, 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 but I would like to know within the context mm-hmm. of what we're given here, with the Max Plumpkin, whatever his character is named. <laughs> what the? What the? You say Max Blumpkin? <laughs> whatever his name Max is. Max Blumpkin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I want to understand. Whatever his, his name is. What what is his character's motivation to being cool all of a sudden and be like, hey, I think we should play it cool? He I took don't two of his own floating ribs out. That way he could, you know. <laughs> we all know the story. But yeah, he's on his way this, to becoming Marilyn Manson. <laughs> but I just don't understand why all of a sudden that he would ever think like, oh, he's so cool. He that won the, the MVP, the most valuable camper award, which is not what MVP is. Which, I guess the MVC whatever. Right. Yeah. But wouldn't in any in any world on earth in this <laughs> yeah. existence would he not be like hey now i've now let's hook up or what now like, I've got i just a real shot with danica mckellar because yes I'm cool instead kid, of being like now i'm better it's like well now maybe she'll see me as an equal and here's my shot like i it's just so weird it's toxic the masculinity way that, is what it is yeah he learns that his I just only think that, value as a man is how far he can hit a baseball and the, and the only other value that women serve is to inflate his own ego. And so when he gets two girls that want to want to spend time with him, he doesn't need the one who's a loser was covered in shit. And everybody laughed at it earlier in the day. Well, I think honestly, what happens is this movie was made, you know, hastily. in the nineties, early. Yeah, yeah, very hastily. And I <laughs> yeah. think what they said is that she's too good for that nerd and they didn't want him to get the girl. And it was the only way that they could rat. You know how like, you know, a movie with a good moral, a good end to the like, uh, like the nerdy guy would find some self worth yeah. and he could get the yeah. attractive girl like in a, Not in a Camp good movie you can't. with a script. But there's there. We just said there's no morals. There's no. no lessons. And so at the end of this, they're like, oh, yeah, we can't have that guy get the girl. So like he'll think he's too good and she'll be like uh, oh yeah no that's okay I agree let's go our separate ways and it was a very weird way to end the film the moral is lie cheat steal <laughs> rap yeah <laughs> rap yeah oh, something. find some kids of color to teach you how to have rhythm in your, in your white bread bones <laughs> and <laughs> just have oh. a montage of them Desperately trying to teach these white kids these jars of mayonnaise how to how to gyrate at any kind of discernible rhythm. <laughs> and if you watch the 16 minute behind the scenes, that was apparently real too because there's like an overhead shot of these girls 
trying to do like the line dance over and over and over again. Yeah, I saw that. It was Tasha was, Stevens yeah. who was like trying to teach them. And, and ironically, the only one who even had like a semblance of rhythm, I think, was Danica McKellar. Yeah, I. That whole music video thing was just something else. And I, I still would. I See, I want the Camp Cucamonga one and a half, like the Lion King one and yes, a half. Right. I would like the story of how they edited the music video, yeah. the whole thing I want to be about post-production. And in yeah. 1990, you know how long the export would be on those Pentium? Oh, no, 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 no. Or, I didn't think they were doing it by computer. I thought it was manual. Oh, you think they were cutting? I think they were. They were shooting on. Yeah, with a tape. I think they were dubbing it. It's not digital. Oh, jeez, that's. Yeah, wow. I think they had to have like a real freaking studio, knobs and all kind of turny bits and. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah. yeah. Holy cow! Okay, well, yeah, I want that story. I would like the Camp Cucamonga one and a half. Yeah. And I would actually like Timon and Pumbaa to be in it as well. That, that's fair enough. Does Disney now yeah. own Camp Cucamonga? <laughs> they must. They must, right? They own half these kids. They own their legacies. Yeah. Right. They own most I, of the footage of their childhood. <laughs> so So this was an NBC movie starring ABC, ABC kids. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> yeah. With with I, NBC's John Chad Allen, I guess, would have been on NBC. Uh, yeah. Sherman Helmsley's NBC, John Ratzenberger's NBC, but most of the kids are okay. ABC at the time. But this is like this is like the first Marvel Sony Spider-Man situation. This is like That's right. They gave these kids a Spider-Man deal. They gave Julia White <laughs> the Spider-Man deal. <laughs> they did. Yep. Yeah. What's he up to these days? Did I get him on the pod to talk about Camp Cucamonga? I'll never uh, I'll never ever bring up Urkel because he hates talking about it. He's selling weed. Oh, that's right. What's his purple purple Urkel? Purple Urkel. Where's the mm-hmm. Dennis? weed reference where's the cucamonga reference i'm gonna tweet him there's no cucamonga <laughs> cucamonga sounds like Could a you, uh, strain of weed doesn't it that's the sticky I'm pretty, of the cucamonga it, 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 the cucamonga i yeah. so i'm sativa, pretty sure man, that, really the, levels you out i'm pretty sure the order of things that urkel would like to talk about <laughs> purple urkel because it's his business yeah. and then i think it goes maybe sonic uh and then the, the fast food chain no, yeah, yeah, his favorite fast food, and then yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog after that. Okay, there's another weird example, right? There was two Sonic cartoons, one in syndication, one that was network Saturday morning, one that had high quality animation, both. one that was dog shit animation. Yeah, not connected. Not, they didn't share canon. No. Nothing. He's Sonic in nothing. both of them. It it makes no sense. I don't understand. He's on that NBC, TJF. Doing an NBC yeah. summer movie. Who were Jaleel's agents? They were brokering well, deals with this guy that <laughs> Tom, uh, who plays Spider Man? Holland. Tom Holland would be envious of the representation <laughs> of Jaleel White. <laughs> you can only dream. You only dream Meanwhile, to have a Tom, Jaleel White deal. Tom Tom Holland's doing cherry, wishing that he was making Camp Cucamonga. He's like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah, I wish I was. In, uh, I wish but, uh, I was in Camp Cucamonga too. Yeah, uh, but let me finish real quick though. So it goes, it goes Purple Urkel, uh-huh. the weed. Yep. Then it goes Sonic, the fast food restaurant. Right. Then it goes Sonic, either or TV show, whichever one. Both like know, chili the dogs. Hedgehog. Both have chili dogs. Yeah, yeah. right. So yep. there is a Sonic tie in there yep. somewhere, and then I think it goes to 
I don't know, YouTube prank videos that he watches sometimes. And then under those with like a couple of pretty big spaces, then is Camp Cucamonga. I, I really feel that Camp Cucamonga is not what he wants to be remembered for. What he wants to be remembered for was still on Harriet Winslow's television series from her. Oh yeah, I didn't. And I didn't mention. Then Family Matters, oh, probably. Then there, Camp yeah. Cucamonga. If I yeah. met him, the, I, the, I, I have two questions for him. One, tell me all about Camp Cucamonga. <laughs> you'd, you'd lead with that. <laughs> yeah, that's my lead. Tell me everything. Give me you the oral say, history tell me about that sticky icky. Give me the oral history of Camp Cucamonga, and when's the Cucamonga <laughs> string coming out with the purple urkel? Yeah. And then my my next question. That's a that's a one A one B. Wow, that was one. Yeah, question. that's one question. Okay. And then okay. my question number two is, do you ever wake up and blame yourself for what happened to Reginald Val Johnson's <laughs> career? Do you have guilt for what you did to that man? That man was in Ghostbusters. Oh. He was in Die Hard. He was, he was the first non-Cosby African-American lead to be a primetime star as a father of a middle-class African-American family. And you stole that and... Now look at the now look at race relations in this country, Jaleel. What did you do? <laughs> oh, jeez. Reginald was uh, Reginald was the father that America needed. Instead, you left us with Cosby and you left us alone. That's what I would say. To let you. me ask you. Yeah. Carl yeah. or Uncle Phil? Who is the better parental figure? Or I mean, who's your favorite? My f- Those were two shows that I yeah. watched nonstop growing up. I mean, the problem is, and we're almost at the runtime of Camp Cucamonga now. The pro- the problem is what family- Oh, so we've got to double this? What, yeah, we got to triple it. <laughs> what happened? Okay. What, okay. Uh, <laughs> what Family Matters started off being that Carl mm-hmm. Winslow, I would put up against Uncle Phil any time of the week. The problem is, but the, he became those shows the, almost went the, the, in opposite order. Whereas, like, yeah, Fresh Prince got like more serious, kind of as it went it on. It got really like it, after school, yeah. special kind and of. And yeah. Matters got like more like bonkers. It was just Carl and Steve, like yeah. you know, like they were Mar- like Lewis and Martin and Lewis. Yeah, you know, they much. were just like the. It, it really was a you know straight man, silly man kind of thing, yeah. and it was like Steve, became the, the that's all it was. Yeah, it was just what could Urkel do to Carl? Uh, but like the early episodes yeah, I mean, where he like he's sitting down with Eddie and he's like giving them moral lessons, and him and Harriet are talking with each other yeah. and we're dealing with issues in their marriage and him moving his mm-hmm. mom in and him dealing with an elderly mother and like that Carl. I love that Carl Winslow. I love the Winslow family. But when, I, but when, when, Carl, when everybody Carl's else disappears, man, what's that? But Carl's the everyman, he too, is, is yes, what you have to think yes. about. Where, I mean, Uncle Phil, as much as I love Uncle Phil, but it's like he is also extremely wealthy. Super intelligent, so, extraordinarily wealthy. I yeah. found, like, it's not, maybe he's not as relatable, yeah. although of yeah. still a very good parental figure and yeah. very kind and, and everything. But I think Carl, like, you just are like, yeah, he's he's the dude, you know? He's just, like, he's a guy and doing his best. Carl and, feels like, and this, Uncle hmm. Phil would eventually become this, but Carl, early seasons, first days, three seasons, Carl Winslow felt like the sort of like almost like a real dad who like if you messed up he would get very very mad, but then mm-hmm. your mom would have a talking to with him, calm him down, 
And then he'd come up to your room and try to see it from your perspective and try to relate. And then at the end, you'd be like, so does that mean I'm not grounded? He'd be like, oh, no, you're still grounded. But it just means I love, but I still love you and I'm still mm-hmm. proud of you. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, and he'd give you a hug and then you go play basketball together, like in the driveway or whatever. Right. That's what that felt like. And Uncle Phil never, he eventually got there, but that wasn't the, because the other thing is he's not Will's father. Right. He eventually steps into but, that role famously sure. and he's like, why does he want me, man? You know? And yeah. that's what we needed. We needed uh, Jaleel White to not have a father in this episode, or Chad Allen, Tyler, or whatever the fuck his name. Uh, we needed something. We needed some yeah. kind of a uh, uh, voice of reason, some kind of a yeah. counselor, owner. We needed some kind. Of, like if you look at something like Meatballs. Heavyweights or Camp No, yeah, yeah not I'm, that's <laughs> no, not that's be my Bill, example, But here's but, the thing: Bill Murray and the kid who's an outcast. Right, right. That relationship. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like we need some kind of a, a heart. Yeah, some kind of a, a lesson. Yes. Uh, the, this movie feels like there are no lessons There's no to heart. be learned. Certainly not. There isn't. It's just a bunch of these vignettes. Yeah. And John Ratzenberger never really learns anything. The kids don't <laughs> seem like they ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> there is no main character. No one learns anything. No one grows. No one and grows. it just ends. It just and, ends. And there's like. They just repeat no. the rap video again and it fades to black. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? There's no ending here. Now I'll mention my contention to be happening. Here's my intention. If you're looking for what's cooking, take a little trip. Camp to the money is a place that's it. And the song, the not the rap video, but that it's like summer. It's, it's the same thing. It's the meatballs yeah, thing, it's just meat. remixed, basically. It's yeah. not the uh, yeah. meatballs disco, but it's the, no. the it's not the no, no, D's no. track. But it's it's the I, I just play. It's like when the summertime comes. Yeah, it's that. summertime. <laughs> comes. When the summertime comes, it's just I over love and over. Summer. Yeah. And they do that during the game, just like yep. they do with the meatballs. They they just keep playing the song over and over. Yep. It, it, so the soundtrack for this would be "Summertime Comes," rap, and then "Summertime's Reprisal," rap reprisal. Yep. It's just like the two things back and forth. Yep, yep. Uh, Summer Young MC is wishing he got the royalty checks from Camp Cucamonga because they stole all of his bars. They bit off of Young MC hard. Where are the Young MC royalty checks, Camp Cucamonga? NBC Universal. Give the man his due. You stole his song. Anyway, if you were to give this movie a score out of 10, what would you give it? I give this movie a 2 out of 10. I, I would give it a 0 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I was maybe being a little generous <laughs> yeah, because yeah. there were moments where they, they were in focus. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there were outdoors. They they filmed not on a green screen, so I do give a little credit for that. I guess that's true. That's where we're at now. You know, yeah. right? Yeah. Like <laughs> you have to give them some credit. Yeah, Practical yeah, yeah. and it, it didn't it cost three hundred million dollars. Those are my yeah. Those yeah. are my 
two points that I gave it. So, you know, okay, essentially I'll, a zero. You know what? I'll I'll come up to where you're at. I'll give it a two as well. <laughs> yeah, because they use real cameras and there are people in front of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. See, that's yeah. that's two points easy. Yeah, it's a baseline, really. Like it's, it's a slapdash <laughs> script, but at least I know a human being probably had to use it. At the very least, like a, a word processor. They actually keys yeah. had to be pressed for this story to be made. There was, I bet you they printed the scripts on paper. Yes. I bet you they did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, yeah. in the in the behind the scenes, this is my final thought on it. In the behind the scenes, I don't know if you made it to the point where <laughs> they showed just how many fucking people were behind that camera. Was it within the first 10 minutes of the behind I the scenes? I think so. Because they're like, okay, okay. Like, it's, it's like, okay. Uh, speeding lights, camera action. Remember, remember the one scene like, where he interviews the editor. Yes, yeah. Just totally random. Yeah. He is in no other parts of the video, no. and it's the editor, which very important. Yes. I mean, I've done editing. I'm not saying that whatever, but it's one day that the editor's on set, and the director decided that he would film the editor and be like, "This is the editor." He's also got Skippy in the booth with him too, yep. and he's like, "Yep." Um. Very happy with it. And they cut away. And that's it. It is the most awkward, random interview of a behind the scenes. And here's the thing. This is one of the most awkward, randomly edited films I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I don't know what else that man has done before or since. And honestly, that almost feels like a setup from the director. Be like, so are you happy with it? Like, yep, I'm happy with it. So then he'd be like, hey. It's his fault. Yeah, if you want to know what the fuck went wrong with Camp Kukamunga, it's that guy's fault. That's why he's in that video. so you could publicly be he has so you could publicly be like yeah i I take responsibility for this yeah um the we didn't mention the cinematography i i had mentioned it was in focus um (laughs) cinematography by peter smokler okay that's mm, i see (laughs) what else Um, else did did peter uh, work on (laughs) are you ready for this He's the cinematographer on This Is Spinal Tap. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. Like, uh, this dude went from This Is Spinal Tap. What year did This Is Spinal Tap come out? <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to look it up. He actually has a lot of TV credits, which, I mean, this is a TV movie. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, hold on. Hold on. Oh, oh, hold on. Pee-wee's Playhouse, 10 episodes. God okay, damn. this guy's can, This guy's this a guy's legitimate a person. Str- well, okay. Director of a t- Extra that- weird? Pee-wee's Playhouse with CBS. Do you have a CBS I'll cinematographer, say. ABC child stars, NBC adult stars in an NBC movie? How fucking weird. Mm. I was also going to mention a cinematographer on Problem Child 2 and 3. Oh. Uh, Okay, those movies look like shit, and they look like Camp Cucamonga. So. <laughs> now wait, okay, hold, hold your horses, Jason. We're unraveling some things okay. here. I feel like we're really getting deep here. So this is Peter Smokler, right? Yeah, he's got a lot of credits. He has a credit on Family Matters one episode. He was like, "Hey, Jaleel, we got a deal for you." So yeah. he got in for one episode. Yeah. He did. He was the the DP on eighty eight episodes, which may be all of them of the Larry Sanders Show. What the hell? Yeah, that's like an actually well ep- shot film. Yes, they. He's got 
Uh, it says there's 89 episodes, and he was the DP on 88 of them. Jesus Christ! So then, like, somewhere in the midst of all of that, he he farted Camp out Camp Cucamonga. He even did an episode of The Office, which is interesting. What the hell? Uh, Honestly, uh, so he's done is, a lot of like faux documentaries: Spinal Tap, The Office. Yeah. Uh, Larry right. Sanders, Larry Sanders, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Spinal Tap was 1984, so that would Within have been six, six years before this. Years he's doing Camp Cucamonga, but I mean, you know, smoker got to eat. <laughs> I, think, I think I just broke it. <laughs> oh shit! Uh. <laughs> I oh, that's it. That's the end of the episode. I think. Uh, <laughs> where can we find you, Kevin? When you're not. <laughs> <laughs> for two hours I'll tell you, where, you, where you can find me is on the imdb page of larry harris the editor of this film oh, yeah. so, uh, what else is larry harris so, oh god he, he all, funeral videos he, what else? <laughs> in memorial no, I, tributes no this is a very strange movie with all these creatives behind it because I'm telling you this is strange so Larry he edited 36 episodes of Silver Spoon (laughs) isn't Chad Allen on Silver Spoons he may have been no that's Ricky Schroeder Uh, Ricky Schroeder was on Silver Spoon yeah so two episodes of Three's Company um uh, oh, are you ready? Yep. Here it is. Here it is. 112 episodes of The Jeffersons. Well, there's a Sherman Helmsley connection. Yeah. So there's your connection. Um, two Who's the Boss. He's got two here, two there of different things. Uh, Married with Children, 254 episodes. He's the editor from 1987 <sighs> to 1997 of Married with Children. So this is right in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, Unhappily Ever After, 93 episodes. Suddenly Susan, 66 episodes. Uh, the Drew Carey Show, 48 episodes. Uh, this guy, I mean, he's got a lot of work. I, I, don't think, I don't think it's these guys' faults. They've got a lot of other good work. I really think it's a shoddy script. I think maybe may, uh, the director? Well, who the hell directed I, You it? know, I, uh, someone I've never heard of, Roger Ducowney. Okay, what else has he done? Uh, so let's see, because we want to solve this mystery. Yeah, yeah. We've got to figure out what is going on here. Yeah. So he directed, let's see, TV. So he's got just some random credits in the beginning. One episode of The Brady Bunch. Um, the part Four episodes of The Partridge Family. Um, 38 episodes of The Love Boat. 38. Okay. That's a, it's, 78 to 92. Yeah, quite a run. Um yeah, 10 episodes of The New Gidget. I've never even heard of that. Uh, 16 episodes of The New Leave it to Beaver. I feel like we're kind of oh, yeah, on a downward yeah, trajectory yeah, yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, Camp, oh, Camp Cucamonga in 1990. Director video. I think this is a music video. Object of Desire in 1990. Okay. And his last credit 
is it came from outer space two in 1996 a tv movie did he pass away is he still with us um let's see born july 25th 1938 i don't see death date i'm gonna find his (laughs) retirement village and say sir walk me through camp what was your vision Wow, so he worked he was a working director from 71 to 96 and then yeah, I guess he just retired. Wow. Yeah, well he started in his wow. 40s apparently cuz he was born in the 30s almost. So he's like in his late 30s, worked into his yeah. in basically into his early 60s and that was it. Yeah, he I mean he only had two other credits. Uh, he was a producer on it came from Outer Space 2 as odd as that is. But uh his only other two credits he was an assistant director second unit on The Pigeon, a TV movie in 1969. <laughs> okay. And he was an assistant director on That Girl 1967 oh. to 71. What's his name again? But then from uh Rit- Roger Ducowney? Du- okay. D U C H O W. Kevin when he gets his star on the yeah. Hollywood Walk of Fame, will you go there with me? Well, yeah, we're going to travel there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then we can uh, we're just interview him about Camp Cucamonga. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Ulterior motive. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I can't wait. Um, I, I'm a, I was just I can't wait till he passes away. That's not what I meant. Oh, no. I just no, can't no. wait that when we get the in memoriam, memoriam for him at the Emmys or Oscars, It'll be like oh, you know, it'll, it'll be on. It'll that. be just yeah. all slow mo footage of Camp Cucamonga, <laughs> and then finally, yo, your dude or what? What's the guy's name? The YouTube channel, two dudes in a bungalow. <laughs> what's it called? <laughs> what two dudes in a bungalow? What are you t- what's it called? I, I don't think that's a thing. Uh, well, two whatever. Dudes in a bungalow. That YouTube channel will be in its glory because he's the. There's only two or three YouTube channels that are the sole preservationist. Of this film, and now <laughs> oh the the, the yeah the, the, the writers uh, uh right on dude right on dudes okay like right on dude w r i t Golden Globes dudes. the Emmys yeah. and the Oscars are, are gonna have to contact <laughs> them for footage to incorporate into the in memoriam for when Joseph Schlatterly or whatever his name is passes away. <laughs> dude, Joseph Schlatterly. These are not. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Roger Ducowney. Yeah, okay. Roger Ducowney. Joseph Slattery. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is that John Slattery's uncle? I don't know who John Slattery is. He's Roger from Mad Men. He was uh, Howard Stark. (laughs) Oh, Howard Stark? Yeah. Yeah. Howard Stark. Yeah. Yeah. Never watched Mad Um, Men. Never watched Lost. All right. I have a question. Yeah. Is there any way that we could either you and I pool together the money or we fundraise from the crowd, the listeners? To get him a star we- on the Walk of Fame? <laughs> You pay you pay for no. those. They're about five grand. Yeah. yeah. No, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking that. No. Um, is there any way that we can buy the hundred dollar DVD on Amazon to see what it looks like? It- <laughs> <laughs> I have to see okay. the production yeah. quality. If you're of, listening of this to this episode that is now 40 <laughs> minutes past talking about the movie, <laughs> um, <laughs> we like we, we need a hundred dollars. We would like to crowdfund a single DVD copy <laughs> of Camp Cucamonga that we will split between two of us living in completely different states. 
Um, we'll ship it back we'll and forth. T- we'll, do to each other. Sh- yeah. <laughs> we'll do a photo shoot. Yeah, we'll do a photo shoot. Yeah, yeah. I just. I'm not joking. I'm not like- joking. I'm putting this out yeah. there as a true plea <laughs> to listeners to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it be everybody, ten people give. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ten dollars, or one person gives a hundred. We have one benefactor, or a hundred yeah. people give one dollar. It doesn't matter what the <laughs> breakdown is. Like PBS, your money will go to keeping this show on the air and allow us to get a DVD copy of Camp Gugamunga to see hopefully a 720p transfer of this film, so that we so that. It's not a Blu-ray. So that <laughs> 480p. <laughs> Kevin can use AI upscaling technology <laughs> yeah. so we can create an unofficial remaster of Camp Cucamonga. Hey, I was just thinking, do you think I'm, that we could be the ones that release the like we could be the distributor of the Camp Cucamonga Blu-ray? Okay, so here's the thing. I'm not joking about this. I've wanted to buy the rights to a movie. The show, Binge Movies, own the rights to a film. I don't care what film it is. Binge Movies owns the rights to blank, right? You think we found it? I think we should try to. I think Binge Movies. I think, first of all, we should try to buy the DVD. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's a good I almost feel like buying the DVD entitles us to the rights to the film because it's been on YouTube. (laughs) Well, there's one. It's been on YouTube uncontested for 13 years. I don't think anybody's looking for it. I'm pretty sure that if you buy the DVD, you get the right right. with it. That's just. (laughs) Then I want to upscale it with AI to at least 2K. Okay. And then I want to put a 2K transfer out on YouTube. Uh, And then be like, Binge Movies presents Camp Cucamonga. I think it's worth it. Do you think we could partner with Arrow for a special 4K edition? Well, I I think we could take our 2K as a proof of concept to maybe Vinegar Syndrome or Arrow or Severin or yeah, somebody and yeah. be like, hey, Camp Cucamonga. I don't even know where to begin to look to who would currently own the rights to this, That, but I, I would like to buy the rights to Camp Cucamonga. Yeah, so let's start there. If we yeah, can get the let's DVD, start with the DVD. Bucks. We'll go down the rabbit hole of... Me trying to figure out how to buy the rights to a movie. Perfect. Yeah. This is the, this is my, this is, this is going to be the, uh, how do I want to put this? Magnum opus. This, this is, is your legacy. This is my legacy. Is I, I want to be the, the sole owner of the rights for Camp Manga. <laughs> Could you imagine if somehow you get the rights and you re-release it and it gets a bunch of buzz and then Jennifer Aniston comes to you and says, please, I will pay you any sum of money. Do not away. proceed with this. Yeah, yeah. Make this go away. Um, I'm going to, if, if I can properly secure the rights, I'm going to try to then commission a, a behind the scenes, like a documentary <laughs> anniversary. Let's go to Candace Cameron Beret, who I think I could probably get at least via Instagram to talk about it. You know, uh, oh, if you yeah. don't tithe, tithe at her church or something. That's exactly yeah. right. Start a Kickstarter mm-hmm. and then I can run a scam like those guys that make all those in search of tomorrow and uh, in search of mm-hmm. darkness movies, which is just a giant fucking scam. Uh, I, I can do that, but it'll be in search of Cucamonga <laughs> and it'll just be me trying to track down all the stars and living behind the scenes players of camp Cucamonga do a feature length documentary that will be included with a brand new 2k oh. Blu-ray of the film. Wonderful. The ultimate hey, can I just- celebration of nineties 
kid culture, Camp Cucamonga. Can I just give you a couple of facts about this film currently? Sure. <clears throat> it is number 26,864 on the movie meter on IMDb. Yeah, how many movies it are just, on there, though? 26,865. You joking? No, I don't know. Yeah. There's going to be way yeah. more movies than that. That's way higher than I ever would have thought. But 26, so of all the films we, on IMDb, yeah. 26, now, wait a minute. Now, this is interesting. Figure this one out. See if any, or maybe some of our internet detective listeners can figure it out. In the past year, this movie has seen a surge in popularity. It is down this month. It is currently 26,864. It is down 21,896 month to date, meaning that from June 11th to June 18th, it was number 4,968 on the movie meter. Let's get that son of a bitch back up there, binge movies. Uh, Everybody go to IMDb right now and search for Camp Cucamonga. Uh, What happened? Did they find out? Was there like a uh, they found out someone died on the set or something, and there was like an investigation. I have no idea, what? but let's get those numbers back up. Let's at least get it to twenty four thousand. Let's get those numbers back up. Here's yeah, this has two hundred and fifty seven ten star ratings. There you go. You don't think you don't think those people wouldn't pay thirty? They would all buy one. For a oh my gosh. They're Jonesy. Those are ten star ratings based on watching a YouTube video. Exactly. You know they'd at least give it a an eleven or twelve. With a Jaleel star White commentary track where he does it as the voice oh of god. Sonic. Oh my while smoking purple. Oh, oh my oh my god. We could put out two versions. We could put out the Camp Cucamonga just standard, like the anniversary edition, and we could put out the purple Urkel edition. There's so much potential with this film. Yeah, there is. So much potential. Wow. Well, that, I hope that was worth an additional 50 minutes of your time, <laughs> folks. I Seriously, though, let's find a way to get that copy of the DVD into the hands of either Kevin Brackett or myself. And then, well, the next uh, step in our journey will be trying to buy the rights of Camp Cucamonga. Love it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Kevin, uh, you're on Real Spoilers. You, they, oh, yeah. You have a website, yeah, reviewstl.com. You have a Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where you have content where Matt F. Ba- is it Basler or Bosler? Uh, it's Bosler on his birth certificate, Basler to Tom. Okay. Matt F. Basler. Uh, I prefer the Tom, uh, tra- <laughs> Tom transliteration. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, basically, watches a bunch of horror, movie, horror movies with Joe. Kevin occasionally, well, he has to edit all of those. Kevin occasionally does the box office. There's all kind of other content that goes on there. They do at least one episode a week with the biggest release of that week. Uh, they talk about it. It's like a book club for movies. If you really want to become part of it, they have this great group on Facebook called the League of Show Sharers. All you have to do is join the group, share an episode. You get a shout out on the episode via Tom. There's a good chance he won't get your name right, but it will be on the internet for people to hear. Uh, and you get to join a community of people that's talking and joining about movies. The movie is, the show is called Real Spoilers because they will spoil everything. There was a cease and desist letter that was drafted. We won't go into that, but it's all taken care of now. Uh, the cease and desist letter was basically just a tweet from Epic Film Guy Justin. But 
Yeah. That's legally binding in most states. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. And most countries. Oh, most too, countries. Honestly. That man somehow has the wrath of uh, the legal department of Warner Brothers behind him. I mean, yeah. Yes. So uh, he's actually not only seen the Schumacher cut, he actually was on set for most of the filming of Batgirl, and he knows all of it intimately inside and out. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Holy cow. Um, Beetlejuice 2? He's already seen it. <laughs> He's Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't know that. A lot that. of people don't know that. It will be Keaton when it's done, but they're going to deep fake Keaton's face on Justin's body. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. It's pretty neat how they do that. Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, Keaton's getting up it's, there. It's actually, yeah. they use the technology from Space Jam, too. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. That's how they do it. Well, yeah. And Justin was on set for most of Space Jam 2 and New Legacy. Loved it. Raved about it. He said it's the greatest superhero yeah. movie of, our, of all time. <laughs> He did the motion capture for all the Toon Squad. Yes, he did. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, little Del Rey, or what, what's his name? Little Little Delroy. Little Ralph Lowry. Lowry. Actually, Justin from Epic Film Guys. Deep fake. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about well, that. Well, he came one, in and but... he, nah, he came in and did the line readings or whatever, but he couldn't physically be there <laughs> on set, so they he was the body double. They just copied and pasted like Photoshop and just <laughs> plopped him on top of Justin. Yeah. Justin was the guy on set delivering a line. Wow. He was all characters. They took him to Manhattan Beach, put him in the volume, <laughs> shot his part, and then dumped it over oh. top of Justin's footage. The volume. Yep. My arch nemesis. That's that is well, the plug for your show. That's it. That's all I'm. Getting thank at. you. Yes. That's, <laughs> yep. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for making me watch this movie that doesn't. I still don't think it exists. <laughs> it need, does I exist, and proof. we are going to bring it back. Two K transfer. I won't believe it until I see the DVD. You're the one I that's going to be feeding it to the AI for the two K because I don't know how to do that. You're the tech guy. I will. <laughs> I will create a four K UHD version of this movie. We should start a partnership. Between real spoilers and binge movies, where we become the vinegar syndrome for television movies uh, that the rights are ambiguous for, because that Tom <laughs> Tom has a Rolodex of them in his brain. Mm-hmm. We just go, Tom, yeah. give us five TV movies that might have a rights yeah. discrepancy, a lapse in copyright, <laughs> and then he goes, Perfect. "Okay, blah 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 blah," and then we go off and try to get those rights. If we and if the rights have lapsed, we just start putting DVDs of them out or Blu-rays, put them right in the Walmart five-dollar <laughs> bin. I don't see how it who's could to stop us. Oh, God, I couldn't tell you. God's on our side. <laughs> well, God's on our side. There you go. God wants the Camp Cucamonga back into the world. <laughs> <laughs> did you love this movie growing up no no okay no i didn't know if you had some kind of nostalgia no i never cared i it. never cared for it got it <laughs> Until, still don't never will never will but i am gonna <laughs> buy the rights to but it i want the right <laughs> <laughs> so we can so we can remake it and cash in on this sweet ip i don't even want to remake it that's too much work i just want to own it yeah <laughs> Oh, Have you ever thought maybe I want to own it to make it disappear? I think you want to sell it to Aniston. And it, it would be the only thing, like, man, the only person, they, like I put a copyright claim against the let's write dudes or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> after, two, two dudes in a bungalow. After 16 years, they get a copyright claim. And it's like, this guy owns the rights to this movie. 
DCMA claim. You get all their revenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me your revenue. Thank you. $6.23. Yeah, like 40 cents of it would be my own, the ads I had to sit through to watch it. Could you, if they are monetized though, can you imagine it has, it has, four, okay, first of all, yeah. 463,000 views. You are you. telling me right now, either one person watched it half a million times or half a million people watched this movie. What on earth? Of, of the half a million a people, people who have seen it, we're two of them. And if you, if you make two, three dollars per thousand. Yeah. Three times four hundred and sixty-three thousand. So that's you know, my money. You're twelve, twelve hundred bucks. They made off this thing. That's that's <laughs> that's my money. That's, I, that's the value. Do you know how many? You know. Yeah. You know how many DVDs we could buy with that money? That's the current. That, yeah, yeah, we could buy 12, 12 DVDs. DVDs of Camp Cucamonga. <laughs> yeah, it would take us thirteen years to generate that kind of revenue. <laughs> but we're gonna do it all right where they where can they find you uh they can find me at uh, binge movies on twitter as long as it exists at binge movies lives on instagram binge movies on letterboxd uh binge movie patreon.com slash binge movies don't have threads yet join the patreon give us money so i can buy camp cucamonga <laughs> i need more patrons not just to buy the dvd i want to buy the rights Oh, baby steps. I need 100 patrons. So, uh, and, and then I will try to buy the rights to Camp Cucamonga. 100. Either that's going to have to be a Kickstarter. And then me and Kevin will say either it's we're buying Camp Cucamonga or we're going to start our own game show. It's movie trivia based. And then we'll take the money, <laughs> you know, and then we'll just buy a house, buy houses with it. <laughs> That's a deep, the, that's a deep cut DVD. internet reference. If you get that reference, you're old, and <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. All right, I'm tired. I'm slap happy. It's time to damp, just dump some water on this fire and go to bed. Get into our sleeping bags, Kevin. We only have one, so we're gonna have to share. All right. Well, it's gonna be cozy. Yeah, I actually have a, a Urkel sleeping bag. I got back there that, that we're going to be tucked into together oh yeah i like that yeah and i you know what i have a carl winslow sleeping bag you brought your own sleeping bag i told you i'd take care I of that i thought it was i thought you were supposed to bring one yeah no. did i you were supposed to bring the <laughs> the earnest pillowcases oh well i always keep those on my person yeah, they're yellow but yeah they're vintage <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They get that nice hair grease smell, you know? <laughs> All right. Binge on. <laughs> binge on. <laughs> <laughs>